talk about today this uh, understanding of Jacob as he wrestles with God, as he wrestles with his faith is what he's wrestling with, with, uh, with God. And I want us to kind of uh, uh, look at this for your life. Uh, God will call me to wrestle with him, and he will. There are certain things that you and I go through that are actually God going, I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to build some character in you. I'm going to see what you're made of. I'm, gonna, I'm going to not test you, but I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to give you a deeper faith. Sometimes there's things that we want to get out of that we go through because we don't like it. But God's going, hey, listen, you need this. You need to go through that. And it says this, I must remember that when this happens, that there will always be more to the situation that I cannot see. I must look forward to the fact that God will use it to renew me for my good and his glory. So everything I went through when I was a student pastor, uh, as I said under pastors, I didn't understand it. Now that I'm a pastor, hindsight's 2020, and I see it's made me a better pastor. It's made me uh, a stronger pastor. It's given me an understanding. Uh, one of the things that I have that a lot of pastors don't have is that I've sat through a lot of situations with, um, with church staff. I've been a music. Uh, guy in church staff. I've been a youth guy on church staff. I've been an education guy who dealt with all the discipleship, and I've been a student pastor. And so for me as a pastor, I understand those positions. I understand how hard it is to recruit children in the children's ministry. I understand what it's like to recruit for the preschool ministry. I understand how busy you can be. I mean, people would always ask me as a student pastor, when are you going to get a real job? And I went, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, it's just amazing. People say those things, and sometimes they say it in jest, but it's really uh, some hard work. And so those are things, and they were tough, some of them, but it helped me. So I want you to know this is what's going on uh, with Jacob. So, uh, and so I wanted you to know that we're going to talk about fighting for a genuine faith that produces a blessed life. Now, when we say blessed life, we're not just, a lot of people use that just as finances. It's not. It's a blessed life. It's a happy life. It's a life that, um, that is something that you're joyful even in the midst of how difficult it is. Does that make sense? Uh, some of us love our jobs, right? But some of us love, hate our jobs. Anybody would say, yeah, I love, hate my job. There are days where I really love it, and there are days that I don't like it. And, uh, but at the same time, you've found this blessingness in your job. You've found that you have this junior faith that God is actually going to move you and do whatever it takes to get you to the point that will bring him some attention. So let's go through this. In Genesis chapter 32, it's some, uh, some great reading here. As Jacob started on his way again, angels of the Lord, messengers of God, came to meet him. And when Jacob saw them, he exclaimed, this is God's camp. They came in and he said, this is, this is where God, God's lives. So he named the place Mahaniam. And he said, uh, then Jacob sent messengers ahead to his brother Esau, who was living in the region of the sire of the land of Edom. You remember Esau? Remember what happened? We talked about that last week. Now watch this. You have to remember that Jacob's name means deceiver, right? And he is holding a birthright and a blessing that he manipulated into, that his mama did for him. Watch this. It says his brother Esau in the land, he said, give this message. Now, I want you to notice this. Give this message to my master. Do you remember from last week what God had said was going to happen? The messengers, guys, they said that your son, uh, uh, Jacob, will be what? Will be the master, and he will be the slave. 
okay? Right here, I believe Jacob is not very sure about what's going on. He's struggling with this because he said, tell my master, I, I want to do right. He's my master, but he wasn't his master. He held the birthright and he held the blessing. It was opposite, but he's trying to make peace. I see that. And uh, Esau, humble greetings from your servant. See, he said, hey, I'm going to serve you. And J- uh, Jacob, until now, I've been living with Uncle Laban. He, so he sent the message, hey, tell him I've been living with Uncle Laban. I- I'm, your ma- I- I'm your servant. You're my master. Because he's nervous. And now I own cattle and donkeys and flocks of sheep and goats and many servants, both men and women. And I have sent this, these messengers to inform you, inform my Lord, that name in the Hebrew means master, to inform my Lord, my master uh, of my coming, hoping that you will be friendly to me. Because remember, after mama died, what did he say? I'm going to kill him. I am going to kill him. So what he's wrestling with is, I don't see how this is going to be provided. I heard you tell my father, but I'm not sure it passes on to me. And he's struggling with it. And it says, so first thing I want you to learn about how to have a genuine faith is, I must seek peace, but not at the cost of giving my... See, he was seeking peace, watch this, at the cost of giving up his birthright and his blessing. Whether or not it was deceived in a bad way... And here's the thing. It's good to keep peace with people in your family. It's good. It's our job. It's biblical. Paul said it, that we should do everything we can to be at peace with all men as it relates to us. But to have peace does not mean that you're going to give up your, and the dot, dot, dot is whatever it is. So you can have peace with your boss, but you don't give up your integrity and you don't give up your character. Peace is a good thing, but sometimes we do peace and we give up. We, we, we look at people and say, okay, you're right. But people look at me and say, Pat, you're right. I look at them and go, I don't want to be right. I just want you and I to be better. It's, it's not important to me whether I'm right. And when you give a rightness to somebody, watch this, that it's not right, you've given up something. You've used peace as a way that it's not supposed to be used. You've given up your integrity. You've given up your character. What do you give up to make sure it's peaceful, right? What do you give up? And what, one of the things that he did is he, he gave up his position. He gave up his position for the cost of peace. Got to be very careful. It's good to be at peace with all men, but don't give up your character. Don't give up your integrity. Listen, don't give in to these things uh, that are not healthy for you. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. Some of us do that a lot. We give up something within us just to say, okay, everything's going to be okay. I'm just going to do what they want me to do. But what they want you to do is not right. It's kind of like, we'll be at peace with all people. Watch this. Some people talk about somebody, a family member, or somebody that you know very well, but you have no problem with that person, and all of a sudden you take on their grievances, right? And so you're going to be mad at that person to make them peaceful. Don't do that. Don't do that. If they've done nothing to you, don't take on their grievance. Don't take on the things that they're upset about. Because when you do, you give up who you are. You give up who God wants you to be. You've already said, okay. Does that make sense to everybody? Be careful. Don't give it up. Jacob gave it up. Like this. It says, after delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob and reported, we met your brother Esau, and he is already on his way to meet you. 
with an army of 400 men. So it didn't go well, okay? He walked in and he goes, oh, well, tell, tell Jacob, thank you. But see these 400 men behind me? We're coming, regardless of the message. You send that back to little Jacob. I'm still going to kill him. I'm after him. He stole this from me, which he really didn't steal everything from him. He gave it up, right? He stole the blessing, but the birthright, who gave up? That's right. A lot of times you have to understand that people do those things, and sometimes we, we give away stuff, and then we blame people for it, but we did it, right? It says this, uh, uh, and, and Jacob was terrified. He was just, he was afraid at the news. And he divided his household. Look what he did. Along with the flocks and the herds and the camels into two groups. And he thought, if Esau meets one group and attacks it, perhaps the other group can escape. So he split them up and said, let's go our different directions so that just in case one of us gets caught, maybe the others will live. I don't want everybody to die in this situation. And so what he does, he, he, he figures out a plan to fix something that is not his to fix. Right? Do we ever do that? Yeah, we get into, we say, well, if I do this. We, we almost subconsciously manipulate a situation so that everybody's okay. Be careful about that. There are some things you don't need to get into. Remember I told you to take on other people's grievances? That's when you listen, but you don't get involved. Other than to say, remember the life of Christ. He wants us to forgive. He wants us to be kind. He wants us to live those fruits of the Spirit. So some of you may be in some stuff, or you're about to go through some stuff, or you're coming out of some stuff, and there's too much talking going on that doesn't need to be said. You know? When they ask you, oh, it's a letter. When they go, they tell you the story, and they go, so what do you think? Ooh, be very careful. Uh, they just threw you a line. And some of us go, well, I like to talk, so I'm going to tell them what I think. And we tell them, but it really has nothing to do with us. If your thought process about any grievance that somebody else has or anything that you have goes against any, any of the fruits of the Spirit, you've given that up. And Jacob, man, now he's fearful, and he's, he's kind of putting things together. So I want you to know, fear can lead me to become desperate. I must control fear. I believe this about fear. Fear can be a good thing for us. In Jude, it says, some will be saved through fear and trembling. There are some people that fear what God's going to do. They fear their life, right? They fear God. And that fear draws them by the work of the Holy Spirit. But fear controls us. Fear is the basis of anxiety. Fear is the basis of, of, of deception. I fear. Uh, I caught a guy in a lie once, and I said, there's uh, another staff member, not here, uh, years ago. And I said, okay, the piece of paper that you just told me about, I have the original." And that's not what it says. And he showed me a, one that had been manipulated. And I said, oh, my goodness, my friend, what happened to you? Because he was a man of integrity, I thought. And uh, I go, you gave up your integrity. And I got up and I walked out. And he came and followed me to my office about 15 minutes later. And he said, here's what he said. He said, in all honesty, I said, why did you lie to me? And he said these words. He said, because that's what people do when they have fear of finding something out that they did, finding something out that they did that was wrong. Fear can lead us to lying. Fear can lead us to a lot of things. But listen, fear can also be a good thing to strengthen us, right? There are things I used to fear, right? I, 
I used to fear water when I was with my youth group and they jumped on me. I had a fear of drowning. Because these high school kids and junior high kids, they just jump all over you and think they can hold you up. And I'm down on the bottom of the pool thinking, I'm going to die as a youth pastor. And so I took that fear and I used it. And I said, okay, from now on, I'll have three guys that I'll bring them to the side and say, look, guys, I'm very fearful of water. And when you see me in the water with a bunch of your friends, I need you to protect me. And man, those kids would jump on me, and all I had to do, like, okay, I'm, I'm being overwhelmed. And I'd look at them, and all of a sudden, man, those big old boys would take those kids and just throw them off. And then it was four against one. So fear helped me to be wise to take care of. Does that make sense? And so you have to control that fear. And to control that, control that fear is to go to the Lord. And he was fearful, and he wasn't controlling it. Watch this, it was controlling him. And the next thing is, I must be careful not to take matters in my own hands. He was taking matters in his own hands. There are some things, everybody look right here. There are some things going on in your life that you're getting involved in that you just basically need to leave alone. Right? Just leave it there. It's not yours to touch. It's not yours to, it's not yours to manipulate. It's not yours to say, well, I've got to fix this. It's yours to say, do I have a forgiving spirit? Yes. Have I been kind? Yes. Have I been, uh, have I been patient? Yes. That's all I'm called to do, and I will not say how good I've been to anybody. I've been patient with this. I've been kind with Just don't say those things. You know who needs to know about those things? God. And you don't need to tell him because he already knows you've been doing it. And he will take care of situations. Many times we take situations in our own hands that we don't need to take care of. And that's what he was doing. He goes, well, let's split the group. Well, let's do this. Let's do that. Right? Then it says, then Jacob prayed. Oh, then he got wise. Then Jacob prayed, oh, God, my, grand, my grandfather Abraham and, and God of my father Isaac, oh, Lord, you told me, return to your own land and to your relatives. And you promised me I will treat you kindly. Then he went back to the right thing. He said, okay, i got to go back to the original author of this covenant. And when he says, you told me, watch this. What he told Abraham was good for him. He fell under that covenant. Remember, it's all about the seed, right? There it is. So he's remembering that. He has nowhere to turn. And then he says, uh, I'm not worthy of all the unfailing love and, unfaith- and the faithfulness you have shown me. True. He said, man, I, I don't deserve all this faithfulness you show me. Uh, I'm your servant. And when I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I owned nothing. I owned nothing except a walking stick. Can you imagine? All I had was my stinking cane. That was it. Look, and, and now my household f- fills two large camps. Oh, Lord. Please rescue me. And listen, everybody look at this. He was asking him to rescue him not only from Esau. He was asking him to rescue him from himself. We need to ask God, hey, rescue me from my, from my mind. Rescue me from how I'm trying to plot this. Rescue me from getting in areas that I don't need to be in. Just rescue me. Look, he says, I'm afraid that he is coming to attack me along with my wives and my children. Here it is, but you promised me. God does not mind hearing those words. Even when you and I mess up and we sin, and you look up at God and said, I know it was bad, but you promised. I'm with you forever. You promised you've forgiven that. 
You promised. And he's going, yeah, no issue. I got it. I got it. Just don't go do it again. Stop it. You promised. I know. I promised. It will come through. It will come through. You will see me at the end of it all. If you've made a relationship with me, he said, I'll surely treat you kindly and I will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sins. Remember, you promised this along with the seashores, too many to count. And when, you know, if you want to have a genuine faith, you need to, I, I must talk with God and ask him to remind me of his faithfulness to me. I always repeat this. You got to build that history with God. The way to build a history with God is to talk to him, Right? The way to build this history with God is to read his word and to find out what he has for you and what he wants for himself, his glory. But I, I really want to encourage you, you got to talk to him. you got to get away. You've, you've got to spend some time with him. You must talk to him. And many of us don't talk to God first about an issue, right? Listen, uh, for those of you who've never heard, when I sensed that God said, I want you to start a church, and at 1.30 in the morning gave me the mission and vision of Carpenter's Way. For one week, my wife didn't even know. I talked to no one. I didn't call a pastor. I didn't want any other's advice. I wanted to know, Father in heaven, is this from you? And if it is, I know that you're going to tell me clearly. And, man, I read the word like crazy that week, I prayed. I was in the car going, God, is this really? You know I don't want to be a pastor. I never wanted to be a pastor. I like teenagers. But he said, no, this is it. After seven days, that's when I told my wife. I didn't want anything to get in the way of what God wanted to do. Do you do that? Do you do that with a job search? Or do you talk to people first? You say, listen, I need two weeks. Okay. And you know the first week, I'm going to give nobody, I'm just going to give it to the Lord. I want to encourage you, spend some time talking about your decisions to the Lord. Let him feed you. Let him show you scriptures. Let him put a song in your heart on the radio that you think is a coincidence, but it's God trying to tell you to solidify a decision. All right? And so uh, Jacob stayed where he was for the night, and then he, he selected these gifts from his possessions to present to his brother Esau. So here's the thing. He's talking to God. He's saying, I remember the promises, but what is he doing now? He's still struggling. Even when he said, you promised me, okay, I'm going to get some stuff for my brother. Right? Look, he, he possessions to present to his brother Esau, 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes, 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, and 10 male donkeys. Man, he was gathering all that stuff together. He divided these animals into herds and assigned each to a different servants. And then he told his servants, go ahead with me, uh, go ahead of me with the animals, but keep some distance between, uh, between the herds. And he gave these instructions to the men leading, leading the first group. And when, the, when my brother Esau meets you, he will ask, whose servants are you? Where are you going? And who owns these animals? And you must reply, here it is again, they belong to your servant. He was still struggling with his faith. You will struggle with your faith through the process. It's just not all of a sudden going to be this giant leap of faith that some people are. If it is, great. Most of the time, it's not that with me. It's like I'm going to struggle through the process. Okay, I believe this is what you're doing. I think. Let me ask a few people. But he put himself in the servant place again. He said, but they are gift for, look, he put himself and said, you're my master. 
that's not what God wanted. He said, look, he is coming right behind us. And then it says, Jacob gave the same instructions to the second and third herds. Remember, he split them. He said, let's do this. Who follow behind the herds, you must say the same thing to Esau when you meet him. And be sure to say, look, your servant. He said, now you be sure to tell him these exact words. I'm his servant. And God's up there going, no, no, that's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not, that's not the way I intended. Look at me, servant. Uh, he says, uh, Jacob is right behind us, Jacob thought. I will try to appease him by sending gifts ahead of me when I see him in person. Perhaps he'll be friendly. He still had that fear. Look, so the gifts were sent on ahead while Jacob himself spent, the night, spent that night in the camp. And during the night, Jacob got up and took his wives and his two servant wives and the 11 sons, and they crossed the uh, Jabbok River with them. And after talking, uh, taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. And this flies by most people. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. And that's right where God wanted him. Watch this. Everybody look here. There are times that you feel very lonely in a situation It's quiet, and you'd rather be around people. But it's those times you need to perk up your spiritual antenna and think maybe God is causing me to be alone so that I will pay attention to him. He sent everybody on, and there he is sitting alone, and I love how God showed up. And the man came and wrestled with him. Can you imagine that? I just, I, I want to make this into a movie, a 30-minute sitcom, uh, because I think he's just sitting there all alone, and here comes this messenger. Here comes, here comes God or angel. People decide, oh, is it God? Is it and just God? And they, I can just see him standing up and, excuse me? Yeah, get up. We're wrestling. I'm going to take you. Can you imagine? And a big old brawly man maybe he was, and he stood and he goes, you and your mama. And they start to wrestle. I mean, they are wrestling the way you wrestle when you're in your room and you're trying to make a decision. Your mind's wrestling. If I do this, will affect this. If I do this, this is going to do this. What happened? Oh, no. Either way I go, God, it's somebody's going to be affected. Welcome to planet Earth. You can never make a decision without affecting someone. Every decision we make as elders in this church somebody's going to love, somebody's going to go, great. And some people are going to go, I don't like that. True? Although this congregation has been, hey, whatever, I love you. You trust because we've not broken that trust with you. But there are times God puts you alone. He says, get up. I want you to wrestle for your faith. I want you to believe in me. I want you to count on me. I want you to fall on me. Instead of falling on your brother or your sister or falling on your mom or your dad or falling on your boss to let you do the corporate ladder thing or get the, unless you look to the father and say, you know, this whole plant is yours. Really? Some of you work at plants, you go, well, I can't really. That plant is not, Valero is not owned by whoever Valero owns. It's owned by God. And they're not pulling oil out of the ground. God's allowing it because he's sovereign. You with me? He puts people in their places, and I trust that. I trust that. And so, man, he was wrestling. Look what he did. And man came and wrestled with him until the dawn, until dawn began to break. That's a long time to wrestle. That is a long time to wrestle. 
And when the man saw that he would not win, I love that. He said, I'm going to win this match. He touched Jacob's hip, and he wrenched it out of socket. So all of a sudden, the power of God said, I'm not going to win. This guy's not giving up. And that's what he wanted. I want you to fight for your faith. I want you to struggle. And you know what? Even though you did well, I'm going to make sure that you trust me to the very end. So he goes, bam, and put a little socket problem here on the hip. And he, he won. But, boy, he was limping. You ever feel like you've won something, but you're walking away limping? You're walking away with this feeling of, man, that was tough. That's because God wants you to know, hey, you're vulnerable, and I make you that way. And sometimes in our vulnerability is when we have our greatest strength. That's what he's looking at. Look, he says, uh, 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 he says when the man saw that he would not win, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched out his socket. <clears throat> And uh, this next thing here, I must talk with God, but the next thing, I must spend time alone and allow God to speak to my heart and mind. And then not turn away when he makes me look into the mirror. Oh, man. When God says, look at yourself. Hey, come here. Look at yourself. We do that to ourselves in the mirror. I bought this new outfit, right? You look at yourself go, oh, so fat. God goes, look at yourself. Look at yourself. Why are you fat? Because I eat little Debbies. <laughs> Why do you eat little Debbies? Because when I'm depressed, I don't look to you. So what do you learn? Don't eat little Debbies a lot. Right? We don't like, we don't like when God says, look at yourself. You're prideful. Look at yourself. You are a negative person. Look at yourself. You are a bitter person. Look at yourself. You're in this because of me. Why are you bitter? You got a home to live in. I take care of you. I provide it for you. You have godly friends. You have a good church. You have a great family. Why are you bitter? Because my job. And who controls your job? Me. Exactly. Who needs to control it? You look in the mirror and you say, God, you control it. So when he puts you in front of the mirror, don't run away so much. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. I want you to understand that this is just some practical things of, of what he was trying to teach him. It says, uh, it says and, and then the man said, let me go, uh, uh, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Did you hear that? He's hanging on, and he's going, okay, hip out of socket. Ah, let me go. You won. No, no, no. And God's up there going, oh, good. Don't you ever let go. Why are you not letting go? Because I want, I want my blessing. I want this to be you. Listen, here's what he was fighting with. Jacob was controlled by his mother and was living a life that was based on deception. That is what his name meant. He comes to the reality that living by his mother's rules and under a stolen birthright and blessing was not going to suffice. And he was holding on to God until he received a true blessing the way God had intended. And that's what you and I want. Hold on till you get what he wants for your life, not what you want. What is your name? I love this. So he's holding on to him. I want my blessing. What's your name? Man asked. He replied, Jacob. He said, your name will no longer be Jacob. The man told him, from now on, you will be called Israel. Because you fought with God 
and with men, and you have won. Isn't that a great? What's your name now? I'm not the deceptive person anymore. I'm not the deceiver. That's right, because I had a plan for you. We're going to see this through because I made a promise. The seed was promised, and that seed is within you. Look, it says, please tell me your name. And Jacob said, why do you want to know my name? And the man replied, then he blessed Jacob there. Please tell me your name. He knew who he was. Yeah. And here's what he said. And Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life was spared. I love this. The sun was rising. <laughs> it's a beautiful picture. And as, as Jacob left, he was limping because of the injury to his hip. And God says, go continue the work. And he said, okay, but I got my blessing. I got my blessing. I've earned it. You have. I got my blessing. And God will give you your answers. And God will give you direction. And you may be walking away limping or so physically tired or mentally drained. You all with me? You ever been there? But then you walk away and you're still limping. But you won. You won. Look, God burdened Jacob with a debilitating injury. And this made Jacob, I had a problem saying this word, susceptible. I've worked on it all yesterday. I said I'm going to say it to my wife a bunch of times. I couldn't do it. It's susceptible to Esau, causing Jacob to lean into God even more. And when needed, God will cause me to limp to strengthen my faith. Another thought to take away. Jacob began the night dreading Esau's arrival. He was full of fear and desperation, but he ended the night of a struggle with God's blessing and a renewed faith. All of our struggling with God in faith leads to a heart and a mind that are calm. This is known as the peace that surpasses understanding. Now, everybody look here. So a message like this that I felt very strong about Teaching means this. You, some of you, are about to go through a struggle, and you're going to run from it. You're not going to face the parts of your heart that aren't as godly as God wants you to be. You're not living the fruits of the Spirit. And when it does, don't you dare run away. You continue to wrestle, and you continue to have faith in God, and you continue to do those things that that Jacob did. Listen, and you will walk away, and you may be limping, God will see you through. Stay faithful. You're just going to have to wrestle for your, your, your faith sometimes. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we need to do that.